We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Pod Mavericks After Dark. I'm Kirk Henderson, joined as always by Josh Bow. Josh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Um, looking forward to this one. I'm curious of your temperament, uh, of your thoughts, because this is a weird game. So let's just say that a lot is made up for the fact that the game started at 630, <laughs> not 7:30. Uh, that was a surprise to a lot of us. The Mavericks opted to host the uh, concert with uh, Fort Worth. Um, what, what kind of musician is he? I'm not good with music. Blues, country yeah. rock. He's an he's from Fort Worth, and and was a, apparently an influencer and part of with their their new city edition uniform. So they're holding a concert with him after the game. Uh, very clearly, when they planned this out a long time ago, they they thought, oh, a Memphis game that'll be competitive and fun, and the Mavericks will stand a pretty good chance of winning. And as recently as before the game, you might have actually thought that because uh, despite the fact that Luka Doncic, Dante Exum, and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. were unable to make the game, the Dallas Mavericks still should have been able to beat the Memphis Grizzlies who had, they have seven people out due to various injuries and or suspensions and or anything because they're just kind of cursed by the injury bug. They had won four games this season. Yeah, four and 13. Uh, and then the Dallas Mavericks came out and rolled over and said, please take the game. And so I got, it's in, in like just some, some inside baseball at Mavs Moneyball. When we do, you know, we have a pretty, we have like a pretty dense crew of people who write on games, but uh, the guy who is, who had agreed to do tonight's game basically texted me and said, he's feeling pretty tired and asked if I would do it. And I said, sure. So I, I sort of, you know, I was watching the game, but I, I take notes and things like that whenever I write. And, and tonight I, I hadn't did that till midway through the first quarter. 
And this game just, it was really pathetic. And I don't know how to really talk about it in a fair way because, you know, when you're missing Luca, yes, that's obviously going to be a problem. But then when you have a guy like Kyrie Irving, that's sort of supposed to be his deal. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we'll just get this one out of the way early. Kyrie Irving shot three of 15 from the floor and was awful. And the, the Memphis Grizzlies coach basically lapped Jason Kidd on repeat. And the Mavericks just were never able to do anything to get easy shots in this entire game. And I'm not sure how the fuck that's possible. I, I checked this, Josh. Kid called three timeouts the entire game. Wait, what? He called three timeouts. I went through the game log. I couldn't now, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong and I'll rewrite it and I'll look back. But I went through the game log <laughs> and control F for timeout for the whole game. They called one at the end of the first quarter, about 245, one at the end of the second quarter at around the 316 mark, which I'm pretty sure is that use it or lose it mark because um, you get seven total timeouts. You can only carry four into the fourth quarter. And then they, he didn't call one at all in the third quarter, which is when the game went from being, intri- you know, and they played a pretty good third quarter, the Mavericks did. But then in the fourth quarter, there's one timeout when the when the Mavericks cut the lead to six, and then the Grizzlies scored to make it an eight point lead. Because it was ten oh eight, and then he didn't call anything for us a game. And that's pretty crazy considering they were basically trailing double digits almost the whole time. So I, it's like, what are you know? We it's funny, and I I swear I'm not doing this in response to the really amazing YouTube comment we got. Thank you for whoever wrote this, who um suggested Josh Bo and I want to be team employees. Very clearly, a newer listener to the show that hasn't listened to us kick the shit out of their decision making for the past six years. Um, anyway, but that was like I'm just like I'm watching this, and you know, you see Kid in the post game. He gave a he he said I take some responsibility for like Kyrie not being able to get open, and it's like, wow, you could do this during the game. I swear, there's the ability you can call, you can go timeout, you can draw some things on the board, and you can get somebody to do something interesting. Because I swear to God, these basketball players are talented and can do something other than one on ones. I promise. Yeah, that was. That was weird because it's like when you're shorthanded, um, you would think this would be the time to be like, I need to tinker a little bit more. I need to mix it up. I mean, he mixed it up with rotations, but in terms of like the product on the floor, it looked like just kind of business as usual, which is difficult because Kyrie was really the only functional player that could do stuff with the ball in his hands and he had a crappy game. And from there, it was just like nothing. Like, I, I don't know what the plan was. Uh, for this game like obviously you know what the plan is with Luca, and, and they're all fully healthy like this was like a game where you needed a, a better plan than just let's just keep doing what we're doing and hope Kyrie. Mm-hmm. well there's so much of what their current plan is it, it like revolves around um it revolves around the gravity from Luca, and I don't want to kick Kyrie too much because I think they had a really good defensive game plan on him but if if Kyrie's the guy who's responsible for the gravity and they blanket him on the way to the rim where all he can do is get off tough shots, then, yeah, you have to do something differently. You just have to. 
because I, I have a feeling what we're going to do here is what we tend to do during losses and kind of go through player by player and talk about their performance. And it was just such an odd game from everybody. I don't know. I don't want to like overreact. And, you know, cause at one point I, I said like when Jaden Hardy, he had, I don't think he only had two turnovers, but both of them were of the live ball, like horrendous variety. And I tweeted something to the effect of, can we please send him back to the G league? To which I, I got some pushback from different people. And then, you know, it was, just, it was a joke in game observation where I'm pissed off, but it's like outside of Kyrie, there really wasn't with Exum not there. There was nobody else who could really get to the cup. Josh Green did some interesting stuff in the first half because Josh Green is very fast, but Josh Green has no change of speeds. He has like, I'm going at the rim like this, and it either works out really well or it like he falls over. Zero There's points just, in the second half. <laughs> zero points. Missed all three of his shots. Had How many points assists. did he end up with? How many points? Ten. Ten. Shout out to our guy up in Portland. Um, <laughs> I think his name's Brian, who tweeted, <laughs> who tweeted before the game. God, I need to go find this. It was just it. It tickled me to pieces. He said, "Yeah." He says his handle is at PDX Mavs. He said, uh, "You know, uh, he's retweeting somebody noting that kid. Kid says Hardaway is out tonight with back spasms." Dallas is shorthanded and Brian retweeted and said, Josh Green steps up big tonight and takes on a larger scoring role and then puts in parentheses uh, 11 points. So <laughs> talk it. about absolutely perfect. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. The Josh yeah. Green experience for me is so painful because I just. Yeah, there's a there's a weird reaction from some people that are like, why aren't the players that come off the bench and don't play a lot? why didn't they save the Mavericks in this game when they played even more and mm-hmm. have more offensive responsibility? And it's like, that's not how it works. Well, it was their chance. I, I think that's, yeah, that's like my answer was like, it was Hardy's well, chance to do something. It was Josh Hardy, Green's chance. Yeah. Maybe those, those two guys I get, but like thinking Grant Williams and Omex Prosper and Rashawn Holmes and, and uh, Markeith Morris are going to save you. Against the team that bad, I get the I get the cope. I really do because just watching that was so painful. And you know, Santi Aldama, who who is a who is a player, I suppose many Mavs fans were not that familiar with. I mean, he just torched Josh Green and other Mavs players all night long. And when you watch the different guys on that on that Memphis team that stepped up tonight, you know Jalen Noel had scored four points this season? This I mean, season. That's, that's pretty good. And he had 19 tonight. 19. He did that to the Mavericks last year, didn't he? When he was in Minnesota, when he was with yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, he's, he's kind of one. He's a he's Mavs just, killer. Yeah, he's like 6'4 and just annoying. And like someone like like NBA 2K create a player, Vince Williams Jr. No <laughs> Can we idea have him? That he is. looked awesome. He looked awesome. Had 15 points and nine rebounds. And like when you see like all these different guys from Memphis that chipped in in little ways because yeah, their star that. players, like Jaron Jackson Jr. was garbage. He had zero or he had four points and four rebounds. Like Desmond Bain was obviously Bain was a superstar. Yeah. Bain loves kicking the shit out of the Mavericks. It's so funny. He it's just loves so it. Good for him, man. Yeah, right? Yeah. He should. He should feel that way, right? Yeah. yeah. And you just go down this line and it's like, what is like, what, what is happening? Yeah. This is, I think overall though, like, I mean, once Luke, I mean, I did still think that the Mavericks would win. I think I, they, too. I thought they would even still win comfortably because I just thought Kyrie Irving would have like a Kyrie Irving game and not, not a cold doo-doo on a, 
on a dirty plate game. Um, but even then, like with no Luca, like pretty much when Luca's not playing, I just don't really feel any emotional attachment to the game. Like, you know, it's, it's just in my head. It's like, if they win, it's nice. If not, whatever, we kind of know what this roster is without Luca, which is it's kind of been like that forever, even with Kyrie here. And I like I think that the most disappointing thing about this game isn't necessarily that like Josh Green didn't light it up. Like I guess that kind of no. stinks, but like whatever. Like he's been he's been kind of MIA all season. Like Jaden Hardy, your second year, second round pick, not lighting it up. Like, you know, it's kind of like, okay, whatever. Yeah. But Irving, I mean, he had one point in the first half. He made zero shots in the first half. Like it's not that he did had a bad game or an inefficient game. Like, there's a difference. If he scored like 21 points. But he he missed a lot of shots. But you know he was legitimately trying to you know he was he was putting something out there to give them a chance to win, and that just he just had a cold night from the floor. That'd be one thing. But he was not only bad but like invisible and mm-hmm. passive, which yeah. is just absurd. How did he only have fifteen shot attempts? Like that's crazy to me uh, in a night like this. Like this is a game where he has to come in and be like. I'm the best player on the floor, which he was, I mean, which he was entering this game. Like mm-hmm. he's the best player on the floor between the two rosters. He should have exerted his will. Now I'm getting some people blowing back. They're like, well, with the coaching, you know, there was no way he was going to have a good game. And I'm like, man, I've watched Kyrie do a lot of things on his own that did not require exquisite coaching. Most exquisite of what he are we, are we crediting Kyrie's stellar play in some of the games before this to coaching? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right. I mean, it's kind of a weird it's kind of a weird defense by Kyrie stands because you're kind of saying, okay, so he's not good enough to do all this on his own. He needs, he needs a bunch of help, which is just a weird defense. But yeah, I think if his, his demeanor was a little bit different in this game, I oh, think that good. would have made, that would have made a difference. This helps each- though. Well, yeah. I'm, I hope I don't mess up your name. Uh, Wameek in the, in the chat says, um, Kyrie says he got injured and tweaked his ankle via the post game comments. Well, then that, that explains it. That, that, yeah. <laughs> So. <laughs> okay. Well, then disregard everyone. Then, disregard. Yeah, then, then they had no chance. Yeah. Um, but I mean, did he tweak? When did he tweak? I mean, when did he? Tweak I don't know. I mean, but some of his, he was some pretty. Of his, yeah, he was pretty bad. Like right from the tip. So obviously yeah. that that doesn't hurt. That doesn't help. And I know he's probably still dealing mm-hmm. with the foot stuff because that doesn't really go away. But well, one of the things yeah. I'd be I'd be interested in seeing Kyrie's field goal percentage by quarter. Because I feel like he has gotten off to slow starts most games. Yeah, I think um, so. That's okay. I, 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 you know. But otherwise, there's nothing really to say this because team, this is the team. Like, well, but the the thing that the I team. the thing that became very clear to me is, in again, clear is we know this already. But good God, are they small? Kid was rolling out there with lineups in the second half when Derek Lively wasn't out there where Grant Williams and Derek Jones Jr. were the biggest players the Mavs had on the floor. He yeah. had Olivier Maxence Prosper playing some center. Yeah, they just don't have anyone. They I just mean, they, don't have anybody. They went to Markeith Morris. Um, funny enough, they did not play Dwight Powell. Um, so haters cannot get mad at Dwight Powell for this game, uh, no. which is pretty funny. So, uh, hey, maybe you could have used Dwight Powell in this game. <laughs> At least he would have given you some energy, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But 
but we'll I mean, see. It's just like teams are built a specific way. And when you pull out particular cogs, you have to adjust in one way or another. But when you remove Luka Doncic, who is 6'7 to 6'8 and 245 to 275 pounds, depending on Whataburger, then you have uh, Dante Exum, who is 6'5, but who has a big ass and plays bigger than he is. And then you have Tim Hardaway, who is 6'5 and athletic. And so you remove three six five guys, and then you start having to roll out um, lineups that have Kyrie Irving and Jaden Hardy. And I don't care. I've said this before. Yeah. I'm going to say it again. Jaden Hardy is not 6'4". He's not. D- Kyrie Irving is 6'2 and 180 pounds. Like, the, it, you know, big body Roddy is going go to go to work out there. Seth Curry's another guy who got, like, and again, I'm, I'm just sort of bitching into the void. This is not kids' fault, or it's just the way the team ended up being constructed. But when the Mavs get beat, one of the things that stands out more than anything else is their lack of size. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, they had Memphis had 50 points in the paint, despite the fact that Jaron Jackson like didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Dude, funny. I, I hate watching that guy. I, I, I know just, you do. He's, he's he's like your big man, Kyrie. Because well, <laughs> like, he's he's so talented. And some of the fouls, like he got a, his third foul on Grant Williams, jumping at a Grant Williams pump fake, who is at that point oh for the century. Yeah. And Grant drove past him. He hooked Grant's arm. He hooked his arm. Or Grant hooked his arm. Doesn't really matter. But then he's kind of argue the call. And it's like, stop it. Just, it, it this is Luca-like. Like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah man i'm just looking at the box it's pretty crazy memphis only had the rest of their starters besides bane like did nothing like it's it's pretty crazy that they lost this game basically because memphis is three three bench players noel aldama and williams had pretty big games uh, so i guess that's probably why mavs fans feel pretty frustrated about this game because you're well, probably you- like well why can't our bench guys do that. You go um, through sec. Yeah, I mean that's exactly right. And then if you go through sections of the game log, and it felt like this in real time, the Mavericks would get within five to nine. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was seven, like seven to eleven points, and then neither team would score for a stretch. I wrote about this. Uh, like my fourth quarter summary was the Mavericks pulled. Um, it was seventy-five to eighty-one. So so the Grizzlies were up by six, and that was at the eleven fifteen mark. The Mavericks did not score for three minutes. No timeouts called. Not by the Mavericks, at least. No drawn-up plays for an easy button basket. Which is, pretty, which is pretty stupid because they've actually been pretty good on out-of-timeout plays. That's why season. it was so shocking so, to me. That's why I keep circling back to it. I'm like, they've been better about this. And then it just looked like, you know, it just it was terrible. Yeah, there was, yeah, like I said, there was no game plan tonight. Like, it just really did feel like... Kyrie save us and if he did tweak his ankle foot in the first quarter I mean they just if that happened and I mean I'm not saying it didn't happen so that happens obviously the coach like did Kyrie just not tell anyone did not because if that happens that early in the game you have to be like okay Kyrie is not going to be able to be Kyrie because he's tweaked something let's do something else and it felt like the only time that kind of looked like they were doing something else was when they went to Seth Curry in the third quarter and kind of ran some plays for him off some screens and did some off ball stuff. And they got some good looks. He scored 12 points, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't, you know, it just wasn't enough. Like they just couldn't keep spamming Seth running off a curl to the wing and hitting a three. Like it was pretty nice, but they needed to do that for like more guys than just Seth. Like they needed to run Josh green off some more dribble handoffs. They needed to do 
some more Jones off ball cutting, you know, just something else. Like it just, yep. it just looked like they didn't have a real focused game plan once Kyrie wasn't Kyrie, except for maybe some Seth plays. And then, you, I mean, Seth Curry is not going to be a guy right now that can play 30 minutes and carry your offense for an entire, yeah. for an entire game. So that was, you know, once that kind of stopped, the, the Grizzlies just went right back up to that double digit lead. Well, and and there's also, you know, we haven't even talked about him yet, but but Mr. Ali in the chat brings up another really good point where he says, I personally thought Derek Lively had a very bad hands today. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. That like this was the most seven like 19 year old I've seen Derek Lively <laughs> look in some time. My my favorite, and this like people yelled at me about this based on my comment, but Kyrie threw him a beautiful pass, threaded him the ball where he caught the ball underneath the hoop. Now, as a big man, you are taught from the moment you are positioned as a big man in a lineup. If you catch the ball high and you bring it below your shoulders, you're going to lose it. That's just and, – and so what did he do? <laughs> Instead of keeping the ball near his seven-foot-tall head and just dunking it, he goes down low with it and attempts to gather and get stripped. And that was just one example of really baffling choices by him all, all evening. He had like the slippery hands was really difficult to watch. Um, yeah, he couldn't grab a rebound. It felt like to save his life. His um, timing was off. And that was like the first time I've really felt that that's happened in a game, you know? Yeah, there were so many. felt like I felt like the Mavericks lost like every single 50-50 ball. In this they, game. they only got beat by seven boards, but it did not feel like that. I know. I think it's because Memphis had 13 offensive rebounds. Um, which, you know, isn't, I mean, that's not great, but the Mavericks had 13 of their own, but of those 13, it looks like eight of them were from the bench. So maybe that was just a little bit more aggravating. Mm-hmm. Aldama had five on his own in 33 minutes, which is a lot for, for, for a guy like that to come off the bench. And then Williams, uh, Vince Williams had two in 26. Like those were pretty aggravating. Um, and that's when you want you know, you want your bench guys to be scrappy and be able to win those plays. And it felt like they just, like you said, they got it down to like six, eight, nine. And every time it was like Memphis missed shot, ball bounces around, gets back to Memphis and they score. I don't know what the second chance points were, but I'm pretty sure Memphis was like 15, 17 points uh, in second chance points, which is in a game like this, like that's killer. That's absolutely killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the size thing. I just don't know how you fix it. I really, really don't. No, you because don't. They, like they did address it in the draft. You yeah. know, like like Omax is enormous, and he looks enormous when he plays. Um, right. he's just he's what, just he, not ready. Yeah, and lively. He's the twenty fourth um, pick. Yeah. Which, you know, yeah. Jarris Walker is a top ten pick. Is not playing for Indiana right now. Taylor Hendricks was like seventh, and he he's was your also, guy. He's my guy. So like you know, it's not crazy yeah. that he's not playing i understand fans want to see him play but i'm just saying it's not like there's nothing wrong that he's not playing right now like there's nothing to, to doom about his career um, yeah but but yeah it is frustrating um yeah their their offseason acquisitions for size were all you know it was lively and, and prosper like williams helps a little but in terms of their you know free their veteran acquisitions it well, you know, you can see why that they really wrestled with acquiring a veteran big mm-hmm. um, for games like these. Yeah. There's not a ton left, I think, to really kind of yeah, over, I mean, overhash about this game. But I, I do want to note, you know, one of the criticisms I get fairly regularly, and this is just how I watch sports, is that I get too mad about an individual game. 
Here's why I feel that this game matters to the big picture and why it was important to notch this one. They're playing Oklahoma tomorrow night. Oklahoma City. Yeah, this is bad timing. (laughs) They're going to get waxed. Oklahoma City is designed to beat the shit out of a team like the Mavericks. Like they even if the Mavericks did last healthy. season, they did yes. it last season. Yes. Um, that said, I'm really looking forward to the game. You know, if Luca happens to play, we'll talk about Luca here in a minute. It'll maybe be fun. But like, there's instances of games where you look in your calendar and you're like, all right, we just got to keep churning along and winning games. And the simple fact of the matter is, you go back and look at the Dallas Mavericks schedule. Let me pull it up here because this is important. And I, I it, it it turns back to like an element of what um, Jason Kidd got pissy at Tim McMahon about the other night. So, you you know, let's go back and look at these last several games. They get waxed by New Orleans in the second night of a two-game series, 131 to 110. They bounce back the next night and beat the Wizards, but the Wizards are among the bottom three worst teams in the league. They lose to Milwaukee. They lose to Sacramento. Both of those, the Milwaukee game was close and that it was one of those you would want to have back. The Sacramento game was one they were never in. They just were never in it. Second night of a back-to-back, what are you going to do? They escaped Los Angeles. Sorry, my dog is in here barking at me. You hush, big guy. Um, they, they escaped the Lakers, barely, and then they get waxed by the Clippers. While it's really good they beat Houston, I think that was a really good win the other night. Getting waxed again by Memphis sucks. So if you're looking in their last, so they have what? So one, two, three, four, five. They have five losses since the middle of of, um, November. Of those five losses, three of them are blowouts. Four of them. And this was a team. Four four of the five. Yeah, four of the five losses are blowouts. And this was a team that only won 38 games last season, and they Mm -hmm. did not get blown out almost ever. (laughs) Yeah, that was was kind of their defining factor. And, and, you know, it's blowouts don't. Blowouts are bad. I just, I don't know how to like phrase it any other way. Like it, 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 you know, it, it hurts you in in multiple ways and sort of goes to a lot of people think this Mavericks team are fraudulent with their record right now. And like losses like this lean into that. And I hate it. Um, They haven't won back-to-back games since November 12th, 10th and 12th. So it's been, we're getting close to a month since they won two, they won back-to-back games, which is not ideal. Um, Thankfully, the Oklahoma City game is not going to be fun, but they've got a stretch of three games after mm. that where they can get a little right. Utah, re- Portland, you are reading Memphis my brain because yeah. we this happened after. Explain what happened. So uh, there's basically a dead week on the calendar, and I'd kind of misunderstood this. I need to actually add this <laughs> to the Mavs Moneyball calendar. There was an open week in the calendar where teams were eventually going to get other games to play, depending on how the midseason tournament played out. Josh, tell us what tell us what games the Mavericks got. <laughs> So the Mavericks game, since they did not make it to the knockout round, you have to reschedule. You have to schedule those games because all the in-season tournament games are regular season games. Yep. So since they're not playing in the knockout round, they get home against Utah and at Portland as their two games added to their schedule that was not previously there. Um, I mean, if, that's a gift. Oh, yeah, it really is. Um, those ha- are two. Those are two of the worst teams in the NBA. Uh, so yeah. They. I mean, and then they play Memphis again, who will not be. Right who will not be any healthier on December 11th. Yeah. This might so, be the same Memphis team that they're playing. That's they're exactly playing. right. So yeah. it's like, if they get, if they get the pants beat off of them by Oklahoma, we'll have a two day break and then three and games. Everyone will lose row. their minds. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, is not going to be, I don't know. I, 
I, I really like like Shea Gillies Alexander is playing like a top three in the league player right now. I have him on fantasy and it's so much fun owning a guy. It's it's like it's like owning Ladanian Tomlinson back in the day um on your team. It's just like, oh my gosh, this guy's so good. Yeah. Am I reading the schedule right? They get three nights off between OKC and Utah. They play uh, okay. tomorrow night, which is Saturday. But Monday, Tuesday. Monday. No, son, you're right. Monday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So it's another dude, huge gap in the schedule. God, dude, how many I know the schedule no. hasn't been friendly in terms of like the travel, but the the amount of the days, days off, off they've been getting has been insane. Well, and then I look at the schedule and it like a little further along, and, and it, it gets, airs it me to pieces okay. where you and I are just talking to each other every day for like, <laughs> yeah, because I mean they had they had um, they played the Lakers two nights off, they played mm-hmm. the Clippers two nights off, um, they played Houston another two nights off and again two nights off in the nba like that doesn't happen a lot and they had like they've got like three or four of them within a within a five game stretch here so i guess what that means is it's going to be backloaded with the Mm back-to-backs and the three and four nights and the five and just relentless when you scroll through it i mean it really is they're gonna pay for march which which sucks because they're basically going 500 through what is probably the best rest part of their schedule like in terms of having practices and days off like mm-hmm. that's why these losses probably hurt a little bit more because you need to be winning games when you have two nights off three nights off or whatever and they they lost on two nights rest to the clippers and now they've lost on two nights rest to to the grizzlies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that kind of twists the dagger what's it going to be like when the schedule turns around and they don't have all these days off like they they did earlier that's not fun yeah so it's like the, the they they were they were at a travel deficit because they were on the road a lot, but they had pretty mm-hmm. good breaks. So this is, it's not concerning. It's like, you know, I've been sitting here saying no, for no. quite a time that like for me, the successful Maverick season is 44 and 38. So we're still trending that way. That's, I mean, they're four games above 500 right now. There's still the opportunity for them to do some interesting stuff. It's just like the, this is one of those where you wonder, are you going to look back and wonder about this one? And I think yeah. the answer is probably. Yeah, so. I think so too. Okay, so I'm not going to host another live show tonight because um, I was up three times with the baby. Kind of, I'm like, sir, yeah, I, I, my wife needed the night away. She was just losing her mind. So I kept getting up with with yeah. little guy. And it was like, I don't know, we're, we're kind of reaching that. Uh, it, he's been a much easier baby, but we're reaching that that point of like, like fatigue like uh, i don't know yeah. I mean, even I mean, even the easiest babies are gonna wake up a bunch overnight speaking of that we didn't touch on that you know i don't know oh yeah about the show we didn't luca, say yeah so so luca and his his uh long girlfriend and recently as of july fiance welcomed their uh their first daughter and first child into the world either yesterday or today um so congratulations to them though they will never see this uh but it's it's i i you know, it's it's silly. It's sentimental. I have a one month old at this point. You have a young kid. It's seeing seeing a person that you admire and watch and like like this, like these players. Seeing these, like one of the things I really love is seeing NBA players be dads. It's just one of my favorite things. Um, Jason Tatum with his kid, the way like all these guys are with their children is really. It's just something I love to see. Um, and it's I one just, of the few ways that we can relate directly relate guys yeah Yeah. and so you know seeing Jokic with his like always waving to his daughter who's a little girl 
um like probably like three or four it's just it's it's great like i so i i'm looking forward to the eventual like luca as dad content because the man is already fit like he's just he's got a dad bod he makes mm-hmm. dad jokes but now he's, he's gonna get dad strength Dad's dad strength power. on top of Luca's strength is really like the NBA ought to be concerned. Remember when Dorian had a kid either last season or the season before, and he looked that's like tomorrow night's for recipe like for success. If Luca plays tomorrow night, that's the answer. He's, he, if he plays tomorrow night, he's going to score like fifty-five points or something. Yes. He's going to do something crazy. That that's my prediction. Oh, all right. Well, we're right at thirty minutes. Josh and I'll be back tomorrow night. I'll also, pro- I, unless I'm exhausted, I will host a, a live show tomorrow night. But you know, it's. I would love to give people an opportunity, a place to bitch, but it's 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 too late. Well, it's ten fifteen. I'm gonna go try to get try to bank a little sleep, and uh, we'll see where things go. Everybody, appreciate you hanging out with us. We know losses stink. Um, if you could do me a favor and subscribe and leave comments, if I didn't make my pitch tonight, so I'll I'll figure that out later. Everybody, be good. Enjoy your Saturday, and we will talk with you tomorrow night. Go Mavs. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.